there's this huge problem in so many parts of the world with plastic just piling up over time because it takes forever to break down. And even in our oceans, when they do break down, they become into these little tiny microplastics that then get lodged themselves within the muscular tissue of fish. And so it just keeps to bioaccumulate in our own ecosystem, in the food chain. And so eventually we're even consuming these microplastics. But today I'm speaking with Jose, the CEO and founder of Joago. And he decided that instead of just letting all this waste, especially plastic waste, just need to accumulate down in Indonesia and all over the world, and especially in our oceans, he decided to let's repurpose it. Take that reclaimed plastic, recycle it, and make it into beautiful products. So make sure you listen to this entire interview to hear exactly what Jose is making from ocean waste and how he is building an entire community of people riding the sustainable wave and taking action against plastic pollution in our oceans. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. All right, Jose, do you mind telling us a bit about Drago and what you guys do? So the word comes actually is Portuguese word. It comes from Joao, which was one of my best friends back in college and the person who I started everything with. And then the goal comes from Gomez. So we mix it. I, I actually had a dream about it and I was like, hey, why don't we call it this way? And then it connected since then. So quite good. So pretty much what we do, we focus on creating products made out of ocean waste. We analyze what plastics are the best in order to use that are not only in the ocean already, but we also make sure that plastics that have a big chance to end up in the oceans, like that they have been collected in the river or they have been even collected before they end up in the river and end up in the ocean. We make sure if the quality is good, we try to give it a second use. So we have Great partnership with some of the biggest manufacturers in Europe that take care of that side. We collect the plastic and then once the plastic is collected, we try to see what products we can create. We have been able to create all kinds of products from sunglasses, eyewear, credit cards and debit cards to now even watches is like our best-selling product and that's what we have been focused for a bit. Also because it was our first product, but now we are even doing some like plastic surfboards, which I have brought one. So... I will show you and it's quite cool, quite hard to make it, but we have been able to develop some technology that allows the process. But yeah, pretty much right now what we're focusing on our ocean care. We don't only want to create products made out of ocean waste, but we want to be a brand that really identifies because we take care of the ocean. We are a community of people that love nature, love the oceans and we're creating an ocean care community. Definitely. So more than just products, but you're also creating this community around that for people to join and understand that we're taking care of our oceans and really giving them back the cleanliness that they deserve rather than completely littering them with plastic. So how do you guys go about receiving the plastic that you use for your products? So pretty much we have different suppliers that we have tracked and we have really studied how sustainable they are, like with who they partner, so they are big corp corporations and what kind of certificates and license they have, because that really indicates how clean they are in a sense. So pretty much how the process works is we have suppliers that we connect them 
we give them some of the plastic that we're able to collect, then they transform it. Then that goal on our side, we want to do the whole process. So pretty much we're looking in Portugal to different ways to start doing the whole process. So collecting the plastic, transforming it and using that plastic for our own materials. And we're already working on that. So we're working towards patenting our first material, which is super cool because we have been working so hard to get to that point. But yeah, the moment is we own the products, we own some of the plastic, and then we partner with the right people and the right business entities that help us put everything together. That's awesome. And when did you guys first launch your watches that you're creating? Yeah, that's a great question because honestly, it was almost three, four years ago. It, it all started because I was studying in the U.S. I'm originally from Spain, but I have spent over six years in the U.S. And now I'm in Spain, but I'm looking forward to go back to Boston. That's where I live. But it all started because I wanted to travel. So I wanted to create something to give me the extra income to have money for traveling. So that allowed me to go to Indonesia. And that's where I have been a surfer and an ocean lover my whole life because I live in the south of Spain. So pretty much the way I enjoy life is spending it by the ocean. So like I always felt that I had to do something about it or like I wanted to have an impact. That's why I studied environmental engineering because I always wanted to do something that would have an impact. But more than I know people really like having an impact for human beings, which is great, like for animals. But for me, like the impact that I want to have is focusing in nature and pretty much our ecosystem. So that's where I click and I already was creating a watch brand back in college and I was selling watches. So I was able to, to see the problem in Indonesia of how polluted this nation is. All Southeast Asia is terrible, how bad it is. So that's where my mind shifted and I was like, oh, how can I do something about this? The problem there was, this was in 2016, 2017. So there weren't many resources available. So it was quite hard to create a product made out of ocean waste. Now it's much easier, I believe. So it took a long time. I was also back in college. A lot of mistakes made. We had a team, then we had to restructure because it wasn't the right team. But we always continue moving forward. And honestly, we had a lot of downs. We had a lot of ups, more downs for the first three years than ups. But then I was able, if you continue working on something that you love, you're going to find a way. And that's what happens. I was able to find great investors that are based in Boston, you know, in Boston, in London. We moved the company to London. They are great guys. They, they are very knowledgeable. Things started taking off after that. And now things are looking like within the next years, we're going to be doing what we always wanted to do. So exciting moments, but it, it, the whole idea pretty much started in, in Indonesia. All the way, you know, I explained from like the start to end, but that's like a... No, that was good. Yeah, no, and that's what I was looking forward to, is just understanding where it's, where you came from and everything. And, and that's huge, because especially the problem in Indonesia is huge. You don't see it as much in other parts of the world. And I was interviewing another entrepreneur on the podcast, and they were talking about how they put up these pictures of people who are sifting through trash on a daily basis for their lifestyle and the beaches over in Indonesia is completely covered in trash. And it's just, it's crazy that you talk about the giant gyres of trash out in the middle of the Atlantic and the middle of the Pacific and all of those. And it's just like, it's crazy how much trash is out there and how much we have really polluted this place. And so it's great to hear that you guys are out there trying to make a forcible change in this, in the way that the plastic is polluting our earth. So I think it's really awesome that you're doing that. So I know you mentioned you were already selling watches before. Was that your leading push behind choosing watches out of everything that you can make out of plastic? Why was it watches? It was watches because 
as I told you, when I started the idea of I wanted to have some extra income in order to travel the world a bit, because I was quite young, I didn't have the resources and I wanted to get to know our fantastic world. I already had that idea. So I was like, okay, can I shift this to what I'm really trying to do? So it was hard because exactly nobody had done it. It took some time, a lot of resources, a lot of research and development, a lot of money invested in the right places. But then we got to a point that we were able to create the whole watch made out of ocean waste, which we haven't launched it. We're launching a new version very soon. So let me show you very quickly some of the watches that we have. So we have three versions, the Terra model, which is like, like our more simple watch. That's how we started. That, that was our MVP from, we went from there to like much higher quality watches. And then, so all the focus on our watches, if you can see like the strap is all made out of ocean waste, the stainless steels is recycled. You can see like the world on the back, then you can see even the whole design in the watch case based on the ocean. So you see the moon phase. So pretty much the moon phase is like a sun rotating. So it's actually very, very dope. And then a moon comes during the night. So during the day that you have sun and then during the night you have a, a moon. So pretty much everything is based on the ocean. You can see some waves and everything. So that's why we wanted to keep this. So that's the EOS. And then our best-selling watch is the Solios, which we're sold out at the moment. But it's a fully solar power watch. And then the straps are also made out of ocean waves. So now the very cool thing is we're going to make everything. Our Terra models are out. So we're not going to continue doing Terra models anymore because we have seen that the materials that we use for that watch in particularly are not as clean as we wish they were. So like we have decided to remove it. They're at a watch standard, they're good, but they're not as high as we want to be. So like we are really focusing on doing everything that we can on very high quality, but also like sustainability wise, delivering what we're promising. So the next watch that we're going to do is going to be fully ocean waste, the whole strap, the buckles, the dots, the watch case. So everything is going to be made out of ocean waste. And it's probably coming within six months. So we're partnering with a big artist in the U.S., which is designing the watches at the moment. And we'll be launching it within six months. Nice, nice. Interesting question. Again, I, I like went, went a bit too far. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just asking about why you chose watches and dove into all of how your watches are created and all that, which is really great. And why you have the different watches that you do, which was great. I wanted to hear all of that. So that was really good. Yeah, so the main point really was because we, I saw the market wasn't as saturated as other things. So I saw the entry point was doable instead of focusing on a product that wasn't innovative at all. So... That's why I decided to go with watches in the beginning. Now we're going to continue doing watches, but we're moving abroad to more things, but it was a great starting point. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned that you're doing some other things which is with the surfboards and other stuff. So that, that'll be really exciting as well. Do you want to show us some of those too, if you can? Yeah, I can. So pretty much we have two options. We have the so sustainability wise, we have. Okay, so as you can there see, you this is, so this is not the, main, the one made out of plastic. So pretty much we are partnering with big wave surfers. So that's like this board where we're entering a, a sport market. So these boards are made out of carbon fiber, what means they're much more durable than other boards and the quality is insane. So as you can yeah. see, it's a gorgeous board I have used it myself. It's like you're flying pretty much in a way. So like the quality is insane. Honestly, the price point is quite good. Sustainability wise, it's made out of carbon fiber, which is much more sustainable, normal materials for surfboards. So we have two options. So we have this one and then, so these are not really in the market. We have done some orders already but like nothing crazy because we don't have because right now more is more the research and development so pretty much for our big wave surfers that are going to use it that's why they have been created and this is the beauty it's all made out of plastics so as you oh, can wow. see yeah that's and, cool yeah it's like super cool to have it like on your 
background like sometimes i put it in my bed and i sleep with it because yeah that's awesome i can like cuddle with it it's quite nice <laughs> beautiful but yeah, yeah so <laughs> you can see that more and the very cool thing is into a more sustainable point as well it's made out of it's made from 3d printing so we use plastics recycled wow. that create this whole thing then we get a shaper that shapes the whole board and then they make this happen so we partner with a company that is called trash pick that they do mm -hmm. a lot of the material in the process and then we put everything comes together so super cool wow yeah no that's sick that's really amazing and those the inside of the board is it mostly hollow except for those like struts in the middle or how is that is that because it looked a little see-through almost yeah so it's not super transparent that's not what we're looking for uh, but it's like you can see if you're underwater you can see what is under not super clear oh. but you can see it so it's quite cool yeah that's it's awesome. kind of like the surfing aspect is more rigid so it's like much harder to move and everything so it's kind of more starting board so if you're starting in surfing if you want to learn with something like that's useful but honestly, it's so pretty. That is as a decor, as it is. decoration is wonderful. Yeah, that is pretty. And uh, that one is completely made out of plastic. So all of your ocean reclaimed plastic creates that board, right? Yeah. So we focus on one material for this board, which is PET. So there are many materials that are used daily. So like HDPP, but PET is the one that is more useful on this case because it has the qu higher quality once it's recycled. So that's why we use PET and also because it's the one that you can find anywhere. That's the one we're using daily for like battles and things related to that. Yeah, definitely. And how do you see, like in terms of the plastic industry with recycling these materials and stuff, I know we talked like in our pre-call a little bit about like mechanical recycling versus chemical recycling. In your processes, are you just using mechanical recycling and just focusing on the PET plastic or do you have a combination or what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So pretty much what we focus on is mechanical recycling. So we have partners and then we, we connect with them, but pretty much how the process works is plastics comes, the plastics are clean, then they're like a shutter. So like they're cutting in very small pieces that they're putting on a machine that converts them into smaller pieces. Then everything is put together and they're converting into, there are two ways to do it or pellets, or you add some textile and then you make it, make them back into polyester. So we build recycled polyester. The other option that we did, and this was because we had a partnership in Senegal. So pretty much what we always wanted to do in Portugal, we started doing it in Senegal. The thing is COVID happened and we were never able to scale it at the way we wanted. But the other option that we had is not, it doesn't seem as sustainable as possible, but at this point it is because you have to count with how much energy you're using. Okay, you're recycling a material, but how clean is that? Because if you don't use, clean energy. And if you don't use certain things, it also has some pollution. So what we were doing is for plastics in Africa is we created a supply economy in a sense where people could sell their plastics and they would, they would turn it into a generator that burned the plastics pretty much. And then that plastic would become energy. So at least if you really count how much energy was producing, it was a little bit cleaner. Yes, it was creating carbon emissions to our, our atmosphere, but it was quite clean. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a trade-off between you could do a more energy intensive where you're using wow. completely carbon, like uh, fossil fuel-based emissions, or you're using these plastic recycling and being able to use those as it, it would still create the emissions, but it's less and still be able to use that. Yeah, that makes sense. Correct. And also, you like something that people don't usually think is important nations as Africa is. A lot of their nations in Africa are great countries, but they're not at the level that developed countries are or even emerging countries. And this also happens with a lot of emerging countries. They don't have a lot of sources of energy, so they're going to continue using fossil fuels and they're going to continue using sources that are coming from fossil fuels because they don't have the investments to upgrade to the way we're doing. So honestly, at this point, in order to clean the mess that we have created, like with plastics and with other shits, it's a great way to put it to an end. They're using the energy, which otherwise they would use it with fossil fuels in the majority of the cases. So it's like a good way to reduce how much energy was produced because that material is already produced. Yeah, definitely. Another way to recycle and reuse, which is super Correct. important. Correct. Yeah. Definitely. And I know I saw on your website, you have this, what looks like a goal for a vessel to go out and collect trash as well. Is that something that's still in the pipeline? Are you guys still working on that? When do you think that might go live? I'd love to hear more details on that. Absolutely. So pretty much the idea has changed quite a lot. Not from there. That's like our end goal, as I told you. So pretty much what we want to do is we want to own the whole recycling process. That's where we want to focus. And then we want to produce products out of those recycling materials that we're going to be able to create. Pretty much the vessel is going to be one of the ways that we want to use in order to collect plastics. So it is not going to be the only way and our only way to secure those plastics, but it's going to be one of the many ways that we're going to be able to collect the plastics. Not only plastics, but focus on plastics. Right, definitely. Thinking generally here, do you think more of a cause of going out and collecting the trash that's in the ocean, do you think it's even possible to reduce the size of these massive gyres out in the middle of the oceans? They keep on growing every single year. Do you think we can collect enough and it'll be sustainable enough for us to actually decrease those huge gyres? Yeah. Great question, Billy. So that's a tough question because like it really, <laughs> it also really, I think we're doing a good job on avoiding the usage of plastic, but it's, st it's still everywhere, even in developed countries. So you have to think if developed countries having already cut everything, emerging countries and poor countries are not at all. So that's the biggest issue I see. I know some emerging countries are doing a phenomenal job in what they can. The plastic market is going to continue growing quite fast not at the same speed that it has been growing for the past four years, because that has been insane. But if, even if you think about it, like even some phones, like their cases and a lot of the materials are made out of plastic, like everything nowadays, I have a clock. I use this, it's a Pomodoro. So when I'm working, I say, okay, 60 minutes. This is made out of plastic. This is made out of plastic. And it's like, even it's such a hard topic because we need to find other materials. So honestly, I think the solution there is finding better ways to recycle it, to put into an end to it, than believing that we're going to stop using plastics. Because what are we going to use if we can, you know, what, wait, sorry, the clock just started sounding now. What are we going <laughs> to use? use plastics at the moment? I think if we're able to figure out a better way to recycle them and give them an end life, that would be the best solution. Regarding the gyre, yes, I think, for example, the ocean cleanup is doing a great job on cleaning them up. So I think like the more organizations that get out there and try to clean them are going to be extremely helpful. The biggest problem is when plastics stay for too long in the ocean, they start like getting smaller pieces. Exactly. So mm -hmm. they go to the bottom and that's, that's the issue. But there are too many issues, honestly, in the ocean. Like 
in a lot of different topics that we need to focus. I think plastics is one of the major ones at the moment, reducing and really figuring out recycling. Also like fishing, like how like some big fishing nets are destroying the ecosystems on the bottom. That's also like quite hurtful in a sense. But I think we're getting to a point that everyone is getting a lot of awareness, which is the first step. So I think that's great. Yeah, definitely. I think we're definitely on the right what track. What do you think, Billy? Uh, I'm very helpful. I think we can definitely do it. I think we just need to also need to cut it off at the source as well. Figure out why all this trash is just being dumped and or ending up in these gyres in the middle of the ocean and being able to stop it there at the source. Because I think there comes a point where like you can't even you can keep collecting, but at the end of the day, if you're collecting less than you're that's getting dumped in you're not going anywhere it's not going to get any better i think you also need to focus on the other side too yes we need to go clean up what's out there we also need to make sure nothing else is going in there and some of it is like completely out of our hands like when there's a tsunami over in japan and everything just gets swooped back out into the middle of the ocean okay like nobody planned for that <laughs> how are you going to stop that you just yeah. have to go clean it up but other than that in other ways the plastic bottles being left on beaches because people take their plastic bottle to the beach and then decide to just leave it there and not throw it in a trash can that gets collected like those type of things where like it's yeah. preventable waste ending up in the ocean i think that needs to be just completely cut off accidental waste that ends up in the ocean that's just something you have to go clean up but i think that's definitely possible i think it's behavior change on humans being able to enact that being able to help people realize like waste is something that you need to clean up and that nobody is your maid like you have to be responsible for your own trash and don't think that somebody else is going to come along after you and clean it up so i think that's a huge part of it too but i think we can get there i think a lot of there are a lot of people who yeah you're one, I can tell for sure, Billy. I mean, we're going to make it happen. And we're going to make it happen. That's right. Exactly. I even do this podcast is making awareness around people are like, this is what's happening. Exactly. Right? So everyone who's watching, we're going to make it happen. Like Everybody on here. Exactly. Cool. Let me ask a few questions here as we wrap up. And so what are your goals for Drago through the next six months or so? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much we're working on a few new launches. We're focusing more on products right now, really growing because at the end of the day, a company needs to create some kind of revenue to really do the things that we want to do, such as the recycling, owning the whole recycling process, manufacturing. That's our end up goal. So we want to own the whole cycle. But right now we're focusing on launching products, really improving what we have already in the market, really testing some things that we're going to be launching quite soon. And then from there, we really want to start scaling in order to end up hopefully within the next three years, creating our next manufacturer place in Portugal. We have already look at where we want to do it and how the whole process looks like because everything was already done so we just had to, have to execute it so that's like our goals within six months one year and three years nice very exciting and what are you currently learning right now that's a great question so honestly like when you are creating businesses i love entrepreneurs it's a tough it's a tough job it's like takes a long time to really see results in some cases so like like you really are an entrepreneur if you never give up because like you will end up making it happen if you never give up it's just it's very exhausting sometimes so i think like one of the biggest lessons that i have learned from here is be patient with yourself and continue like step by step like things don't happen from with nothing will fall from the from nowhere in a sense so you just have to continue taking steps and if you have the right goal with a decent plan because at the end of the day your plan is never gonna go as you want 
you're going to have to like go on, on different angles. But if you have your goal and you have the motivation and the desire to do it, you will get there. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And I think entrepreneurship is definitely a road that you go down and it's full of all these twists and turns, but you're committed to your mission and you make sure you stay to it and you're going to make it happen. So just keep trying and find the ways to make it through, which is great. And what is one tip that you would give to any other ecopreneur out in the audience, something that you've learned along your journey or what is one tip that you would give them? Honestly, business-wise, I would say testing, all about testing before you launch anything, before you spend so much time on something, just test it out, create like a minimal valuable product, really test that that's what your audience is looking for. If you don't have an audience, first focus on building one. You don't want to spend so much time on a product that nobody will want so focus on first figuring out an audience then once you have an audience really seeing what they want what they're looking for and then once you're there then you can start scaling but i think that's something very important that i have learned that it is so important to test your unique selling points what you're creating and, and seeing how much validation actually has yeah definitely and being able to make sure that people are raising their hands wanting to receive your product before you actually like go through the process of creating anything because if nobody's raising their hand it could be one of two things either you're not communicating effectively enough or they don't want it and so no. if it, they don't want it that's a really good indication that hey you need to tweak it you need to change it you know to be able to adjust and if you're not just not communicating correctly you've got to find those words that's really going to trigger the things that they actually want and really um, nail down on that so i think those are definitely two important things too and if anybody is interested in reaching out to you and getting in touch with joago and learning more about what you guys do how can they get in touch with i'm gonna put the email here in case anyone wants to reach out to me i'm more than happy to connect with them is jose a joago.com so quite simple my name and then the name of our company joago.com and then I'm super happy to answer any questions that people might have uh, to see like what they're interested, just to connect with them and learn a little bit more about them. That would be super, super cool. Definitely. Great. And I'll also put that all in the show notes and everything so everybody can see it there too. Jose, it was great having you on the podcast. I'm super excited to be able to tell everybody about Joago and what you guys do. And I was really happy that we got to learn about your process with recycling ocean plastic and all of that stuff. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And I hope to have you back on sometime. Absolutely. And Billy, I'm working on for where I want to focus is Joago in, in a new enterprise that I'm building. So it's called Restoring Habitats. So we're pretty yeah. much helping ecosystem reestablish their environment by providing mm -hmm. some source of innovative things, by getting into the hospitality market, but really showing and having an impact. I would love to discuss and chat a little bit on. I just wanted to leave it at the end of the call so people can check it out. It's called Restoring Habitats. That way I can start testing my product to see if people like it or not that much. Yeah, definitely. And I would love to interview you about that one as well. Someday along the line, we'll jump back on and record another show. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed learning all about Joago and how they are creating amazing new products from recycled ocean waste, then I invite you to check out this interview with Flexi, who is creating a new form of bioplastic directly from seaweed. Because we need to solve the other issue, which is the plastic going into the oceans as well. Not just taking out what's in there, but we also need to stop it at the front. Like we talked about during this interview you just watched with Joago. We need a both sides. We need to take it out and we also need to stop it from coming in. And so make sure you check out this entire interview with Flexi to see how exactly they're making this sustainable bioplastic from seaweed.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.